Hermes draw near, and to my prayer incline, in arts gymnastic, and in fraud divine. Dire weapon of the tongue which men revere, be present, Hermes, and thy suppliant here. Welcome to Third Eye Bind, episode four, Baneful Magic. Thank you for supporting the show by subscribing, rating, and sharing. Please join us at patreon.com slash third eyebind. Enjoy the show. Hello, I'm Laura. And I'm Caitlin. And welcome to Third Eye Binds. In this episode, we are discussing baneful magic. Baneful magic. And we'll begin, as always, by pulling a few, well, pulling one tarot card. How many you would like to pull mm. is how many we will pull. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, that's it. Cut the deck. Okay. Fuck yeah. What is it? <laughs> so I pulled the five of wands. And if we consider the five of wands, especially if we look to the imagery in the Smith Waite deck or other decks inspired by that type of imagery, we see a time where we are fighting. Mm. We are experiencing struggle. And we're not in this situation alone. There are multiple personalities, multiple people, multiple perspectives that go into this kind of difficult time. What song is it on that card? It is... Is it We Are... No, it's not We Are the Champions. It's Prince. This is what it sounds like oh, when doves cry. Yeah. Oh, Prince, a Gemini. Uh, <laughs> the day before my birthday. Mm, I feel like this is perfectly suited to baneful magic because baneful magic stems from these five of wand moments mm -hmm. of instability, of argument, of oppressive behaviors. Um, the Five of Wands is a time when shit's fucked up and it's about your interpersonal relationships that are, are suffering, that are struggling. And baneful magic, when used in alignment, can assist you with bursting through that Five of Wands moment and bring you into the Six of Wands, which is a time of being well-received, a mm. time of people stepping out, out of your way so that you can move forward with whatever is next. So I think that's a really good cool. introduction to this topic. This is a highly debated topic Definitely. in the magical community. Controversial, for sure. Controversial. Mm -hmm. So naturally, we had to talk about we it. We had to. <laughs> so to me, Baneful magic or, I guess, uh, defensive magic mm -hmm. is a, is necessary. It's, mm -hmm. It exists. It is a part of a magical life. It, how to, to deny it or avoid it seems like either very privileged, quite mm -hmm. honestly, or very... Like you're pretending, like you're you're pushing them down something that isn't that is a natural response. Mm -hmm. You're denying a part of yourself. You're denying a part of yourself and a part of, and then therefore you're denying a part of your magic. Mm -hmm. And 
as we've talked about, everybody can practice how they want to practice. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first heard about the negative connotations and like, a, I used, when I would read Wicca when I was a teenager, Wicca mm-hmm. is a religion that was mm-hmm. um, created by a man. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people follow that mm-hmm. and, and it has a lot of rules and restrictions and it's a religion. It's a, there's a lot of a guidelines. System. There's yeah. a system. And for some people that works really well. Mm-hmm. For me, that does not work well at all. Mm-hmm. And in that system, they have something called the rule of threefold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would hear this a lot. Like the rule of three, whatever you do comes back to you in threes. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, so you cannot do any harm full magic because it'll just come back to you. And for me, that's bullshit mm-hmm. because in life that doesn't happen <laughs> in real life, which is the life we live in. Mm-hmm. If there is, sometimes there isn't justice. Sometimes there's no equal karmic justice to things. And, and, and that's just reality. So to, to sort of say, you better be careful. Don't harm. Don't do that is very, to me, very like chastisey, and mm-hmm. it's very controlling. Mm. And it's, I think, since it is a system, and again, if it works for you, that is totally fine. But to me, if it's within a system, especially like, I wouldn't say it's patriarchal, but it was founded by it's definitely a human white. Man. <laughs> and, <laughs> Did you say it's white? Yeah. I love you. That's what I'm trying to say without saying it. It's okay, I'll say it's it. It's super white. <laughs> but it was, you know, it's a newer religion. Yes. It's a it's a, t- a different take on paganism. It's like neo-paganism. It's, ne- it's neo-paganism. Yeah. That's totally fine. But, like, it's a specific thing. And to me, that feels really icky for it to be, for someone to tell me what to do magically, mm. especially within a system where it's like, is that an oppressive, is that a threat? Is that a way to keep somebody down? Is that a way to say, if you rebel against your your instinct to do something, mm-hmm. that'll harm you. Like that's kind of a control tactic to me. Mm-hmm. So, so, and how that relates to baneful magic is, you know, there's a lot of fear surrounding protection. Ma- I call it protection magic. Mm. That's how I think of it defensive protective and to me to to avoid it is sort of it's uh why mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it's just sort of a weird like that we are shadow and like we are all those things so mm-hmm. fuck it like why would you deny that part of yourself mm. so it's like the five of wands exists in the tarot for a reason. We actually experience experience these moments where we might be attacked um, spiritually, physically, um, emotionally. Emotionally, it can happen to us in the workplace. It certainly happens more depending on the intersections of your marginalization and when the laws of man do not serve us true justice, the laws of spirit Mm. may serve us well. And that is where I think baneful magic really shines. And I think you touched upon something important is like the rule of three. (laughs) The rule of three is not my favorite. And it's definitely one of those things 
from Wicca that's become kind of adopted into yes. the greater witchcraft yes. culture, kind of Absolutely. like how we call cotton swabs Q-tips. You know, Wait, like it just becomes a part of it. Everybody thinks that's oh. just what it's called, right? This is just a thing. Yeah. They're all called Q-tips. It is Q-tips. So, <laughs> but they're called, so, but anyway, like, yeah. I think it's one of those things that's become widely accepted and you mm-hmm. can see, especially like on on TikTok or other areas of the interwebs, when people talk about beanful magic, you get a lot of comments coming back against it and saying, oh, you better not do that. You better watch out. But like you said, the law of three was invented by a white dude. Yeah. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Like, doesn't mean he was a bad person. It just means that's the fact. It's the fact. And there's some sort of motivation that's behind it. And what it makes me think of is that, you know, baneful magic, protective magic, domination magic, these are all deeply rooted in BIPOC, indigenous, worldly indigenous cultures. Most magical cultures practice that. Yes. Fucking forefront of their experience. And it's born (laughs) out of resistance yes to a world that white men created yeah and so when i hear things like the rule of three i think exactly what you're saying like you made that up to try to stop people yeah from defending themselves intentionally or unintentionally mm-hmm. that's what stop that's what themselves happened. why yeah to not harm themselves or to not question what you're telling them yeah that's some like cult leadership that's a little bit of a cult leader mm-hmm. thing for me and like you mentioned and we mentioned in the retrograde episode, there's things that are just popular, like Mercury retrograde is scary and bad. Mm-hmm. And it's like the if you perform magic to defend yourself, you better check all your, mm-hmm. you know, cross your T's and dot your I's or else you're going to curse yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I mean, you can do dumb shit, but you can do it mindfully. Mm-hmm. One of the first classes I taught for like a big group, it was something that I got like, paid to do for a different company was a candle magic uh, class. And when I got to the part where I was talking about hexing, the host stopped me and was like, wait, wait, wait. What about the rule of three? (laughs) What? And I was like, I literally don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Were you just like, oh, I don't know what that is? Well, no, I was sincere in that, you know, they really wanted to express like their concern about teaching a group that like, hexing won't result in what you do coming back to you times three. And I was like, that's just not part of the tradition that I grew up in. And it's exactly what we've talked about. It's an oppressive tool to keep people from defending themselves. And like, ultimately, I think if the rule of three helps you be an altruistic person, especially if you're a privileged person, Mm -hmm. like that's cool Mm -hmm. and great and really good. But if somebody is not trying to be a Wiccan, like, why would that rule? You know, a lot of people don't understand. They always assume that I'm Wiccan when I say I'm a witch. And I'm like, no. And it's funny that that's the most popular form of witchcraft, being that it was created by a white person. I feel like the 90s really blew it up. The 90s, I mean, hey, the 90s really (laughs) answered some questions for me, but I know, right? But it really did. It really was that popular. And it's like kind of gotten into the, and I get, I just like, oh, I'm like, no, I'm not Wiccan. There's nothing wrong 
with it for some people, mm -hmm. but I'm just like, no, it's a completely different thing. And then I have to explain that like witchcraft is very, very hard to define. I don't even like to do it <laughs> because it's just multicultural and, mm -hmm. and diverse as fuck. And it's just not the same as saying you're a Christian or a Catholic. Absolutely. A Wiccan is a Wicca is a religion. Mm -hmm. Witchcraft and, is not a religion. Mm -mm. Witchcraft can be mixed with religion mm -hmm. and create other cool things like voodoo mm -hmm. you know and have these little pieces of different cultures but it's not it's not what you think it is as a whole generally mm -hmm. speaking right so it's it's hard to explain to people no i'm not wicked oh are you a witch though I'm like yeah i'm not it's not the same thing i don't <laughs> adhere, i don't adhere to those rules mm -hmm. and it, when i was learning I, it was helpful to learn about what they believed in what you know to to just have help me find my own boundaries. Absolutely. I think that was really helpful for me with Wicca was like, okay, oh, this is this is even possible. This is even okay. I was a kid, you know, and mm -hmm. then and then to grow out of it because I didn't have a a teacher or a mentor. Yeah. And so to to then find my own boundaries and 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 discover my own sense of what is right and wrong. Mm -hmm was really, really cool. And I don't know that I could have done that without having those that experience with mm. Wicca. So that's, it's cool. That's that like hierophant magic. Yeah. You know? When like you need, what was it? Somewhere that came to through? start. Yeah. I need to know what the fuck I am. Yes. Right. Like I the high priestess teaches us that we can trust our intuition, trust our magic and the hierophant teaches us how. And ultimately our journey with the hierophant is first like leaning into the things that we learn from them and then questioning and developing our own guidelines our own foundations from what we've learned mm -hmm. through the hierophant so that's that's interesting that the biggest message i'm skipping ahead from spirit candy because it's the perfect thing to say right now is mm -hmm. i heard your discernment is the fingerprint of your practice it's true the mm -hmm. fingerprint you don't want you. Everyone has a different fingerprint, right? Mm -hmm. Your discernment and your boundaries that you create for yourself are your identi identity magically. Mm. Isn't that a beautiful thing? That is beautiful. Discernment's been coming up a lot lately, yeah. just like for the collective energies, especially with so much different information about witchcraft, spirituality, about closed spiritual practices floating around the internets. Like our discernment is mm. more important now than ever ever as we are navigating through all of this information and figuring out like what is true in my soul mm -hmm. what is true in my body in my spirit in my ancestry what makes sense for me as a steward of the earth to practice like your discernment is our fingerprint and what is, i love that and what is appropriate to share what is appropriate <laughs> to share about all that information you mm -hmm. find out about yourself yeah and what isn't appropriate to share mm. I, I know. you know there's so many social media accounts that will like share details and processes about spells and rituals and like I'm very hesitant to share too much because I think that as a teacher I have to have discernment with my students about who I'm teaching what to. And when mm -hmm. I unleash things on the internet, I have no, I have no way to know That's true. who receives it. And so, 
discernment's really important as we're like navigating this overwhelm of information to figure out what's actually right for us. Right. It's just using discernment in everything because we we have such a wide way to share everything now. It's mm-hmm. not like discerning whether you want to wear your pentagram to the mall. Whether or not that's safe for you that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like, no, do I want to share it? Am I going to get comments? Am I going to mm-hmm. get hate? Am I going to piss somebody off? It's like there's so mm-hmm. much discernment. Mm-hmm. But the discernment of using defensive magic mm-hmm. is an interesting thing. You know, I recently taught a class on baneful magic it was a domination magic class. And something the spirit said to me that I shared with the students was when it comes to most baneful magic, it really doesn't address the root. Like baneful magic, uh, domination magic, it's kind of like taking an Advil for your headache and it like fixes the symptoms of what you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. But then there's always more that you need to do in order to address the root of the problem. Like for example, if you're having a hard time at work and it's your boss who's picking on you, singling you out, making your life difficult, and your discernment is telling you, I need to do some magic about this. And so you decide to put them in the freezer or something. Um, Or in the toilet. Right? Like, that might stop your boss from being a dick to you. But is it really going to Mm. change how you feel about the place that you work, the environment that you're in, the role that you're playing in that scenario? And it's like, yeah, it might make it more tolerable, but ultimately it's going to make you realize, I need a bigger change than this. And then you have to switch gears to Mm -hmm. a different type of magic in order to make the transformation happen. And I feel like it's important to remember that, like, Baneful magic is important, but it's not the whole picture. No, it's not 24-7. <laughs> yeah, it's one part of it. <laughs> That's exhausting. That would be exhausting. Because it's passionate. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of, it's, it's a lot of, it's a cathartic, mm-hmm. but it's, and you're right about like it being an Advil or, or like a Neosporin on a cut. Yeah. It's like the pain is still there. You just don't feel it because you got like a cream on it or whatever. Yeah. But the the root, yeah. It, and sometimes you need that quick fix. Sometimes Absolutely. You cannot, you're not in a place where you can function. It's like if I take my Lexapro, it's like mm-hmm. I'm not in a place where I can function normally and, ha- and exist mm-hmm. to where I can exist. Mm-hmm. So I need to take this so that I can address other issues. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's like other things that are happening. But the initial response like putting someone in the freezer and we're not mm-hmm. talking literally putting them in the freezer. We're talking about like maybe writing their name down and putting mm-hmm. them in the freezer just in case you weren't <laughs> Maybe we can talk about freezer spells on the Patreon. Freezer spells. I'll do a freezer <laughs> ritual for you on our Patreon, which yes. we, we should mention that we yes. have a Patreon now. So if you'd like to Patreon us. Yes. Patroon. Please be our benefactor. Patroon. Support the arts. <laughs> Patreon on the Patreon. On the Patreon. Yes. Um, please check that out. There'll be uh, info below on that. But yeah, if you're going to freezer somebody that that feels great, but then you do and it might take a while because I've done things like that. And then it took like maybe another year Mm -hmm. for me to be ready to address the actual problem. Mm -hmm. So and that doesn't mean every time I had an issue, I was I was putting people in the freezer or whatever. But Mm -hmm. 
it means that it's not solved. Yeah. You know, and that's okay. That's okay. That's the progression of it, I think, right? Yes. Sometimes the only way you can deal with the root of the pain is by granting yourself some alleviation yes. from the pain itself. And, and if we're not allowed to do that, mm-hmm. what the fuck are we supposed to do? What the fuck are we then supposed to do? Then it's just love and light and, and toxic positivity. Exactly. Kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I also think like you pointed something really good out that I like, did. Yeah. <laughs> per huge. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned that you cast a spell and it took about a year for you to deal with like the bigger thing. Yeah. Right. Like true magic is slow. Like you will have spells on occasion that like phew, something happens mm-hmm. really quickly. But even in those spells where you get immediate results, like it's the long-term effects that your gods, your guides want you to really take notice of and pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Sustainable magic is slow magic and you can't Amazon Prime your <laughs> results. And anyone who promises you otherwise, like I would just tune into your own discernment and determine how authentic that information or practitioner is. Yeah, part um, of the discernment is knowing who to listen to. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. truly, that's nowadays, that never used to be a big issue for me because I didn't talk to anybody about it. And that mm-hmm. was kind of a great thing. <laughs> but, you know, there are good things about having a big community of of witches and knowing other witches and knowing that they exist. I mean, that five years, six years ago, I didn't have that. Yeah. So it's a it's interesting, you know, and, and it's hard because there's just so much information out there. Mm-hmm. There's so many different quote unquote teachers mm-hmm. and and people that educate. And I don't know that a lot of them are good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't trust a lot of them. I don't I don't really trust anybody off the bat unless I know that they're a good person that mm-hmm. has knowledge that promises you knowledge as a witch. Mm-hmm. It's like, I know this and I'm going to teach you. It's mm-hmm. like, that's not very, I'm big on humility mm-hmm. and being humble and reverent mm-hmm. as a, as a witch. And that's a big red flag for me. If yeah. someone's like, I hold this. It's very like, I'm just going to say it, it's very white people saying they're Reiki masters type of yes, energy for me. Yes, absolutely. Why does that bother me so I much? I could think of a documentary this is reminding me of right now. <laughs> and look. <laughs> I don't know what it is about white people being Reiki masters, Reiki. <laughs> you can't be a master, first of all, like, of Reiki. White people should it. not be masters of anything. That, that's it right there. I was, I'm like sitting here for the past week going, why don't I like when white people call themselves Reiki masters? And I go, it really bothers me. And I'm like, am I just being judgmental? I'm like, well, you're being training. <laughs> like, it makes me feel really icky. And it's yeah. the word master. Mm-hmm. Like, what makes a white person a master? As a white of... person, I would never call uh-uh. myself master of anything. Of shit. <laughs> anything. That word is like, oh, no, we're not going to. I'm going to discern myself away from that shit. Well, people are putting that shit in their, like, Instagram bio. <laughs> I'm like, what? There's certifications. I know. Of- and, it, and it's, look, if if they're in Reiki's, is it Japanese? Yes, it's an ancestral. It's ancestral mm-hmm. Japanese mm-hmm. art. Okay. If you, if an ancestral Japanese person, you paid them to give you that knowledge, sure. 
Mm-hmm. That's fine. Please. But you're a guest, not but a master. You're a guest, not a master. <laughs> and even if they said you're a Reiki master, they don't give a shit. <laughs> but it's still like just feels so yucky, colonial. <laughs> to like, it feels very weird to say that. I mean, to th- I don't know. Mm-hmm. It bothers the shit out of me, and it's I'm glad icky. that I figured out it's the word master. <laughs> it's yucky. I 100. If someone tells me that that's a white person, I'm just like, oh, I don't like you, and I don't believe you, and I don't trust you immediately. Yeah. I get that vibe from light worker. Also, oh god, find your light, light worker. I'm like, <laughs> if it's a don't white bring person, that around here. If it's a white person, if it's not a white person, I'm like, I'm listening. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like I'm listening. Yeah. But if it's, I'm just like, no. And if, and you know what it is too, a little bit? It's like, it's like the witch adjacent things, but they would never just ever. Just call yourself a witch. Just call yourself a witch. But Why they don't, are you so but they want to embrace the mm-hmm. word. And I'm like, eh, mm-hmm. I don't like you. That's like people who call themselves empaths, but won't call yeah. themselves psychic. Yeah. I like to. A That's YouTube video so about like the origin of the word empath, and it's kind of fucked up and funny. But, like, just say that you're psychic. Why are you afraid of saying that you're psychic? It's the same reason why they don't want to take mm-hmm. on the connotations, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, then, then, then get off the bus, or what's the term? Get on, get or on. get off, oh shit, or get off the bus. <laughs> get off the bus. <laughs> get off the bus. <laughs> I'm just at that point where I just don't. <laughs> That'll piss some people off. I just don't care. Yeah. I just don't. It's just. But those love and lighters are the same ones who are like, don't do painful yes. magic. Yes, and that, that's the full circle thing I'm trying to get at yeah. here. Is those are the same sort of people that are like, oh, negativity is bad. Mm-hmm. Negativity is badass. It's badass. It's a part of life. It's a part of life. And if you push that shit down, it's not going to be Mm-mm. good. You can use that. Mm-hmm. To protect yourself. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you channel Why that would feeling you not? into magic? And I think that like baneful magic is probably more common than people even realize. Like I kind of wonder if people do little things to protect themselves, uh-huh. not even recognizing it as baneful magic. It's like when I'm in an elevator and people are coming and I go, no. And I yeah. shut the door. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> Fuck you. Get, you're not getting in here with me. Uh-uh, not during the That's Rona. That's painful. I'm causing someone harm by yeah. denying them entrance to my elevator yeah. space, right? But you're also protecting your but own peace. But I'm also peace. protecting my own peace, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I'm that person. Elevators are a hot spot for airborne <sighs> germs. Airborne germs <laughs> and, and psychic Uncomfortable conversations. Oh. And, and just, oh my God, I hate it. I do think something to remember about Baneful Magic is that when we cast a spell over someone, we are forming a bond with them. Even if it yeah. one, it's one that creates distance between you and them. And ultimately, there needs to come a time where you're ready to like cut that cord, release mm-hmm. it. And I think that... At least when I teach baneful magic, I remind folks like whether it's a month later or three years later, make sure that you cut that connection Mm -hmm. once you've moved on, once the symptoms are no longer a problem because you've transformed the root. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, it comes back. Yeah, it it never leaves. Like mm-hmm. there, you have to do some. Whether it, it's physical, a lot of the time, mm-hmm. I like to like burn whatever I did or. Yeah. If you buried it, 
I don't know, if it's biodegradable, you can let it biodegrade. Maybe just go and sort of say a little something Mm -hmm. and recognize that the connection is gone. Like there's Mm -hmm. so many different cool things you can do. So many ways, yeah. Take it to the cemetery. If you are privileged to have ancestors buried near you, let them carry it out Mm -hmm. once it's done. Yeah, Yeah, there's like a two-parter to these things, I feel like. Yes. Because you don't want to, you can't, you, if you want to, yeah, you can't just like create something and then destroy it immediately. I mm-hmm. think it needs to sit depending on the spell or mm-hmm. whatever. Again, there's like so much cool shit yeah. you can do and just sit for as, at least as long as you're in the situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't just be like, okay, it's gone now. You know, the next day it's like, let's make sure, mm-hmm. make sure it's good. But I think I, it's, it's such, it's such a controversial thing and it's, it's, it makes me upset because I feel like a lot of baneful magic is the is the premise for a lot of multicultural practice. Mm. And something I did a little research on that I've I've listened to like podcasts about is the Romani people. Mm. And those people are have been vilified by European country and just in general, like there's a there's a racial slur that rhymes with tipsy mm-hmm. and you can figure it out. I don't want to say it mm-hmm. associated with the Romani people. And this word stems from and, and you may not even know that that is a racial slur. So mm-hmm. it might be your screen name. <laughs> it might be your company name. Mm-hmm. Reconsider. <laughs> Reconsider. You know what I'm talking about. You it know. starts with a G and it rhymes with tipsy. OK, <laughs> so to my knowledge, what I've heard about is that Europeans didn't know who the Romani people were. They didn't know where they came from. So they thought they came from the most crazy place ever, Egypt. Mm -hmm. So they thought they came from Egypt and that ended up being shortened to tipsy. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were associated because they were nomadic, traditionally Mm -hmm. associated with negative magic and mystery and Mm -hmm. sort of like, oh, they curse people and all these things. Even the term... Excuse me. The term, I'll say it once. If you're being gypped, that comes from mm-hmm. the tipsy. So that's actually. So don't use that one. So don't say that mm-hmm. you've been, because that's offensive. It's mm-hmm. actually, not a lot of people know that. So now you know. Um, and an interesting thing I, I, I learned about the Romani people is that the, and correct me if I'm wrong mm-hmm. or if you've heard anything else is that their curses are not even meant to be curses on other people. It's mm. like, to a certain extent, they're, they were meant to be strong. Like, the words were meant to be impactful. Mm-hmm. Like, and they would curse themselves and say, like, if I were to curse myself, I'd be like, if I don't do this, Laura, you will die. And it's like a reminder to like get your shit together. Almost. How urgent. Yeah. Yeah. And and less of a like if it were to an outsider, mm-hmm. it would be the same thing. Like oh, like a verbal warning, mm. but not meant to be magically based. It was just like, Caitlin, your hair will fall out. If you don't if get that you done. Don't do that. <laughs> and it would it would freak people out enough to where you get placebo effect and they think mm-hmm. about it, and then that's the magic almost yeah it, is that you psych yourself out it, it yeah it's meant to like <laughs> psych people out isn't that fucking interesting 
And I'm sure there are other magical practices that that are different, but the, but the basis of what everyone thinks is like this curse culture mm-hmm. is actually not. It's just a misinterpretation. It's just a misinterpretation. Yeah. And I thought that a was interesting. Demonization. And a demonization. And yeah. up until recently, like I I know France and Italy and Czechoslovakia have all had targeted Romani it's people. Still bad. It's still really bad. So it's still bad. I wanted yeah. to mention that because not a lot mm-hmm. of people know that. And yeah. a lot of white people don't know that. Mm-hmm. And it's enlightening. And you notice at Coachella that a lot of white people don't know that. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that it ties into baneful magic because it's the demonization of mm-hmm. a curse, which is a Painful magic. Which feels more like a cultural conversation, really. Yeah. It becomes a curse in the eyes of outsiders. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. That makes me think of, like, <laughs> the goat and how the black The greatest goat, of all time? The greatest I'm of all time. Um, the greatest <laughs> animal of all time. The greatest animal? The goat? But, like, the goat, especially the black goat, mm-hmm. is so deeply demonized in puritanical black culture. Fur. Which is the reigning culture in the United States at the very least. And the goat is like a sacred crossroads animal in Latin American, African diasporic. Mm. Um, Even like if you go back to Spain before it was Spain, when it was collections of tribes, um, the goat was a very sacred animal there as well. It's connected to Mari and the mountainous folk spirit. So kind of makes me feel like the demonization of power, of mm, non-puritanical, mm-hmm. non-white power, marginalized power, um, whether it's the goat or the curse or the baneful magic trick, like calling it evil is a really good way to stop people from protecting themselves. Yeah. Even, and it's like, we don't go around saying Christianity is baneful. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's fucked up. <laughs> I mean, look, it's some of the things they say God's going to do to you. It's like, he loves you, but he'll fucking he's, kill you. He's baneful as fuck. I mean, <laughs> he will wipe out, he will wipe out an entire, an entire people mm-hmm. just because he doesn't like how they're behaving. I'm that's baneful. Saying, that's pretty baneful. Mm-hmm. And no one goes mm-hmm. around saying that. Yeah. Because it's the dominant way of thinking. Yeah. Demonization of witchcraft. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the broader spectrum here. So it's. But but then it sucks because within witchcraft, there's this whole, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, over discretion of using baneful magic and Mm -hmm. this demonization of baneful magic within Mm -hmm. the witch community, which I think is a trickle down from all those other things that we mentioned. Yeah. And that to me is a fucking travesty. Mm There's so much I am seeing in like the spiritual and witchcraft online community that really is just like traditional masculine and feminine puritanical roles being repackaged into Mm. like sparkle, sparkle, magic, magic. Like you're just changing the words, but everything you mean, like the rhythm is still the same. <laughs> yeah. No, it's very true. And and it sucks too because I feel like it's not serving people to not 
embrace the, that part of themselves mm-hmm. and to fear it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not the type of person that's afraid to stand up for themselves, but do you know how many people are afraid to stand up for themselves? Yeah. Like so many people mm-hmm. need that aspect. Yes. And it's like, it, it just makes me sad. When you feel helpless, yeah. like when you're oppressor or your abuser is somebody that lives in your home or is in the place where you work the place where you get access Mm -hmm. to resource so that you can survive like and it's scary to stand up for yourself IRL that's when baneful magic is so helpful and Mm -hmm. so important because it can in you know communion with the spirits baneful magic can help you get through because the systems that exist, the systems that are in place aren't going to help you out. No. But magic can show you, baneful magic can show you the back doors, the trap doors, mm-hmm. the alleys, the alternates, these little tiny moments where you could say yes or say no and quite literally change your entire life and change your situation. Mm-hmm. Um, baneful magic really is our ally, not Something our enemy. Fear, yeah. Mm-hmm. And TBH, I feel like people who hate on Baneful Magic, like they must think that people who practice it use it for everyone. Right. Which is not true. That would be expensive. Maybe there's shitty people that have a lot of enemies. (laughs) They're like, where would I even begin? It's like, oh God, don't do the Baneful Magic. (laughs) Begin with yourself. Maybe begin with yourself. At what point is it you? (laughs) I'm just kidding. But... You know. But if it feels personal, <laughs> perhaps you can do some introspection. <laughs> okay, but yeah, but but it's not. Yeah, I do think that people like that don't practice it or don't believe mm-hmm. in practice it. Seriously, think it's like everything. Yeah, it's like no. I mean, I'm sure there's some people that do that. Look, I'm mm-hmm. not speaking for everybody, but it's generally speaking, and especially culturally, multiculturally, not in mm-hmm. America. Like that's not how it is. Mm-mm. And it's like, what the fuck is magic if we can't do that shit? Like, I don't know. Yeah. If you can't protect yourself, then what even is it? The because the, the practice of witchcraft, the beautiful thing about it to me is that the power is in us. Mm. And we have allies that are there, but they are there to help us achieve shit. Mm-hmm. Not we have, we don't have an omnipresent one God that holds all the power. We have the power. Mm-hmm. So what is baneful magic? If we it, it goes hand in hand with mm-hmm. witchcraft because if we are diminishing a part of our power, that's not witchcraft to me. Mm-hmm. Like the goddess carries a machete for a reason. Artemis know? carries a bow and arrow for a reason. Exactly. You it know? can't always be about flowers and butterflies and <laughs> rainbows. Even Persephone. Exactly. That's a bad bitch right mm-hmm. there, okay? That's the queen of the, the fucking queen of underworld. The underworld. Even like Mary, the Blessed Mother. Yes. She's the queen of heaven and the empress of hell. Yeah. Like, there's always mm-hmm. blood and there's blood and gore banefulness and guts associated. And shit and ugly. Mm-hmm. And that's that's in shit life. And, uh, yes, like Hecate, yes. one of her epithets <laughs> is eater of filth. He eats shit. She will literally they eat shit. Yeah, they're really she a thing. Hecate's like everything. They but like, eat shit. They will eat your shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They will 
That's the clip. You take your bullshit. They will eat your they shit. Will Put eat that your on TikTok. Shit. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what is this? All the TikTok people come. They're scary. <laughs> You're going to hell. But you can literally like take your bullshit to the altar as an offering, and they will consume it. They will help destroy you and transform you through that process. And that's what we're talking about mm-hmm. in the retrograde situation, where it's like, just bring it here. Just bring it to the table. It's just like gong, just. Gong, gong, gong. We'll figure it out together, mm-hmm. together, keyword, mm-hmm. you know, so. I've definitely <laughs> been in situations at work where like I did not have the luxury of just getting to quit because I have two children. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was working under like really genuinely awful people, mm-hmm. people who I tried really hard, the old fashioned in-person way the muggle way to like build a positive relationship with and then it got to the point where I had to spend time making boundaries with them like in person through conversation and when I my boundaries came up and they got upset I was like now I'm going to use magic Mm -hmm. and it helps it does help it helped a lot and it helped me until I got to the end of that job And then I transitioned out and started something else. Mm. And so like there are definitely like really good reasons to use baneful magic and to like deny yourself that is to unnecessarily keep yourself in harm's way when like your gods and your guides are like, let us help you. Mm -hmm. Let us help you through you. Yeah. Like you mentioned, like it's not always flowers and sunshine. Mm -mm. Goddesses are dark. Yeah. For a reason. For a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that reason is to protect you mm-hmm. and to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. Tell me. What's um, wrong with that? Like, what a place of privilege to never yes. feel the need to protect yourself. And ever. that, <laughs> I, there's the rub. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. It is almost a privilege to be able to shit on baneful magic mm-hmm. and just be like, I've never needed to I've use never needed it. it. Don't do that. It's it'll come back to you. It's not nice. Like who said that? Yeah. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. also, what was your life mm-hmm. that you don't? And again, if you practice the rule of three and you're Wiccan and you're mm-hmm. happy, good. If it makes you a better person, but keep doing it. Don't be that person like a Christian that will try and push your beliefs onto other witches because mm-hmm. that is stupid as fuck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever, ever, ever mm-hmm. seen in my life. And I see it every day. Mm-hmm. That there's witches that that will tell other witches what to do mm-hmm. and say there's no other way. Mm-hmm. You cannot practice painful magic mm-hmm. or you're not a witch. You mm-hmm. cannot or you're X, Y, Z. That is so awful to me. I don't understand. How in the Christianity did that happen? Fuck yeah. Seriously. In the witch community. How? Maybe, I don't because, know. I'll tell you why. Because humans? white girls want to fuck and they don't want to be Christian anymore, but they still abide by those, I'm going to tell it like it is, they still abide by those Christian ideologies. And so this way, if they ditch Christianity and call themselves witches, they don't feel bad about sucking dick on the weekends, which you shouldn't feel bad about anyway. If it's all consensual, it's all good. But if you're continuing to utilize every other part of Christianity and try to like evangelize people right. with it. Like, what's the point? Like, just 
just be a Christian hoe. Don't cosplay as a witch. It's fine. I'm pro hoe, by the way. Like I didn't become a mom. Like it wasn't a virgin birth. Okay. Like we are not judging. I had sex last night. I ain't judging. With my husband of 12 years. (laughs) Honestly, yeah, that's a big deal. (laughs) I'm so boring. Anyway. Um, no, you're you're right. But though. it's true. It, it's it is sort of Christian washing mm-hmm. witchcraft. So that and you maybe, can do what you want to do, but yeah. still hate people yes. for not being no, pure no, 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 enough. No, no, it is, and I don't think a lot of people realize that's what they sound like. Mm-hmm. I don't think people intend that, mm-hmm. but it needs to be brought up because it's just. I mean, it's just mean. Yeah, and like if you aren't intending it. You still need to know that you're like perpetuating. I know. I'm harm. so like. I'm so like. But they didn't mean it. Maybe I'm trying to be like you know understanding. I know. But I do think that people need mm-hmm. to hear that mm-hmm. in a in a palatable way so that they could change that. God, should we answer some questions or something? It's should so I, silly. I'm just like. I Let's don't know answer what else some to questions. Say. That's it. Okay. We figured that one out um, fast. <laughs> Do you have any questions? Do you want me to read some? You got some really good ones. Okay, well, let's pull up. We're going to switch gears here. Also, and... if you have questions. Oh, yeah. Please, please submit them on the third eye line. You can send us DM an email. Us. DM us. We are here to answer. Either of us have our mm-hmm. own, you know, Instagrams. Okay. Sabi underscore Renee asked, how do you know if you have witchy powers? I hope I am one, because they're fucking cool. <laughs> How do you know if you have witchy powers? I actually know who this person is, and I think you do. So, um, That's a great question. I think that if you're asking, if you're curious, you probably do. Mm-hmm. If you enjoy witch pop culture, if you are obsessed with practical magic or the craft (laughs) you're probably a witch (laughs) you're probably a witch at the very least Mm -hmm. if you think about it if you wonder about it if you wish you were yeah you probably are if you if you wish you were i hope i am Mm because they're fucking cool you are and guess what because no one and i mean no one holds little gate keys to witchcraft Mm -hmm. no one maybe hecate Maybe an, an act, but a person. But no one living. No one living holds the keys to witchcraft. You can be a witch whenever you want to be a witch. It's kind of like when you see someone and you're like, that's a fucking cool outfit. I wish I could wear that outfit. Like, just wear it. Mm-hmm. Just put it on. See if it feels good. Walk around in it a little bit. See if it feels like you. Yeah. Same thing with witchcraft. Uh-huh. Try it on. See if you like it. Yeah. There's not just one flavor. Sometimes oh, so you have many. to taste test a few different things and before you find, you know, your yeah. vibe. If you have it in your lineage and your family and you're, if you're lucky enough to have a rich culture with that, mm-hmm. dive into that. Mm-hmm. Find out more about your ancestors and what they practiced mm-hmm. and, and where your family's from. That would be a great show, by the way. That's the best place to start is your ancestry. Truly the best place to start is your ancestry. And what you will find is that a lot of the things that you might consider witchcraft were really just a part of everyday life for your pre-colonial ancestors. 
Mm-hmm. were really just a part of being stewards to the earth in the specific region that they were from. And it gets rebranded now as witchcraft because we've experienced this cool thing called Christianity. Um, now it's a rebellious, dark, scary thing, mm-hmm. but it actually was just normal. <laughs> it, was, it was literally just living. <laughs> it was just living at one point. Mm-hmm. So remember that. Mm-hmm. And honestly your ancestry i wish someone had told me that when Mm -hmm. i was younger was that what are what's your ancestry like what are you it wasn't really talked about a Mm -hmm. lot in the 90s no like it's like let's talk about that let's really figure out that specific it's very specific and no one can take it from you it's Mm -hmm. what you are so that's a really really nice way to start um and i know this person and they're salvadorian so oh come find me (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to hook you up. I can help you. Because <laughs> you guys would vibe. So, yeah. My sister-in-law, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. We can help Ouija. And I'll say, you. like, if you don't know where to start, keep it really simple. Start with the elements. The elements are all over this earth. Um, our ancestors all had ways of interacting with elements. Like, grab a rock, grab a glass of water, light a stick of incense, Uh, light a candle, and spend some time communing with the four elements, which is really all of creation at their most simple, basic form. Mm -hmm. And just like, listen. I know. I know. Nobody ever wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear it. But that's the best advice we have. Truly, light a (laughs) candle, go outside and listen. Mm -hmm. And if you have kids, which I know you do, maybe do it with them. Mm -hmm. Maybe the little middle one. She's cute. I like her. (laughs) baby you know so Mm -hmm. go to the beach go go hiking like really um if you have a practice where you connect with people which i know you do i'm just gonna talk to you directly because you know (laughs) i know you are um if you if you're a masseuse if you're an acupuncturist feel explore the ways in which you can you can feel that through your hands, like healing, like the energy that comes out of your hands. Mm. For me, is yes. something very tangible. Like mm-hmm. I used to tell my parents I could see air. Mm-hmm. What the fuck does that even mean? Mm-hmm. I still can. I don't know what that means. I really do think. <laughs> I don't like, know why I said that, but it's an interesting tidbit. Yeah. You know, like you can. I could. I used to lay my hand down on the side of my bed and like feel the. It's the blood rushing to it, but it's something else too. Mm-hmm. And I would picture like light coming out of it and shit, like. Okay, but that's see, that picturing, using your imagination, mm-hmm. like, that's magic. Yes. That is magic. Use your, maybe mm-hmm. when you're healing somebody or, or touching somebody, massaging mm-hmm. somebody, imagine that, mm-hmm. uh, use your imagination a little bit and see what happens. Yes. Maybe that, what that does for you, and then maybe ask for feedback from your client. Absolutely. And, and truly, yeah. like, people who are drawn to those jobs those types of trades whether it's being a masseuse an acupuncturist a hairstylist a reiki master a nail artist (laughs) oh a nail artist a nail artist an Mm. actual authentic reiki practitioner if you're drawn to these Mm -hmm. types of modalities like you are magical yeah you can be a mm -hmm. witch don't don't be afraid of the term Mm-hmm. Forsake can, not the work of thine own for hands. Forsake the work. <laughs> Embrace that word. Mm-hmm. It's not to be feared. It's to be relished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Or not. Whatever you know. Just know that you can mm-hmm. join us at any time. Yeah. 
You don't have to call yourself a witch, but no. you're welcome to. You don't, <laughs> but you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really good advice. Mm-hmm. And you give really good advice about how, like, there's no gatekeeper to witchcraft. There are so many practices that rightfully so have initiations and processes that you must go through in order to enter them. Mm -hmm. But to call yourself a witch is a Mm self-initiation and that's fucking radical. Mm -hmm. Like that's some cool shit to decide that today is the day I am owning this part of myself. That's always been here. Mm -hmm. Like that's really cool. And you can do it at any time. And then from there you can seek out ancestral practices Mm -hmm. or cultural practices that, and connect with them. Mm -hmm. That's that are appropriate for your lineage and like, Rocket. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. It's true. If you want to seek community, you can seek community. If you don't, you can like me. You can. Well, I guess I have through other through my business and such. Yeah. Reluctantly done that very thing, <laughs> but you can stay solitary and don't tell anybody and keep it for yourself, and that's okay too. You know. I was talking to somebody in my community yesterday about how like reluctant leaders often make the best ones. Yes. Yeah, because they have humility and mm-hmm. they're humble and they're grounded. We're not in it for the power. No. I accidentally ended up here. <laughs> I truly accidentally never thought I would have no another witchy person Mm-mm. ever. But we're here for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I definitely am a reluctant, you know, like, mm-hmm. what is it? The imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say be weary of people that say they hold power mm-hmm. and have you know what I mean? It's like cultish. that vibe where it's like, I have the power and they're above uh-huh. you. I like, like Jesus, wasn't he just like, I am one of you. Mm-hmm. Come be my friend. Like, that's the vibe you want. Also, speaking of baneful magic and Jesus Christ. <laughs> we love Jesus here. <laughs> we do. We, we love really, brown really Jesus. We do love Jesus. <clears throat> Not even kidding. If you get into the gospel of thomas oh jesus was a little shit when he oh, was a kid really yeah he literally killed another kid for fucking up his puddles what he was playing with puddles and he was like Pshew, you're dead for touching my shit he was a little shit jesus practiced baneful magic and he didn't use his discernment so let's learn from him jesus <laughs> you silly magician silly magician silly jesus he's also the same guy who flipped over the tables of the merchants oh, yeah. in the temple and he went and no not here that's baneful like yeah what an interesting Mm -hmm. interesting figure yeah so yeah (laughs) (laughs) you can be a witch if you want to is what we're trying to say yeah you can basically do whatever you want um then just be nice to others does it feel authentic to you does it feel does it sit right with your spirit you can be kind and also be baneful and also, like, being kind isn't the same as being nice. No. Or true. Mm-hmm. So you, you can, can be, kind. be kind and be baneful. You Absolutely. You can be kind and be baneful. Mm-hmm. You can be... I, I guess what I meant to say was you can be mm-hmm. true and honest and and uh, a good mm-hmm. person. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. And be baneful. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you're going to be baneful. Nobody is angelic 24-7. Mm-hmm. That's creepy. It okay. is creepy. It's creepy and it's and fake. unrealistic. And it's not. What's that? It's Stepfordish. It's Stepfordish. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the vibe I get from people that tell me not to do baneful magic. Mm-hmm. It freaks me out a little bit yeah. because it doesn't feel authentic. Yeah. So if it's authentic in your soul to want to protect yourself, mm-hmm. then do it. Use your discernment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's truly it. Yeah. 
The rest is up to you. The rest is up to you. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Spirit Candy. Channeled messages from our spirit guides. Do we have spirit candy today? I have a little spirit candy. I kind of gave my spirit candy away early. I, I do. I really liked that. I was like, oh, thank you. You're so poetic. They really brought it in early Truly. for you. It was good, though. It was. That was the it right needed, time for it. It was the right time for it. Okay, so let's see the spirit candy I have. It's actually a little story. I like story. your glasses a lot. Thank you. I have an assortment of them. Are they prescription? They are. I want to try them on after. Yes, you should. They're I fun. Like those. I love gold. <laughs> I don't I know if you could. I love gold. I do. I love glasses, all of them. <laughs> so this is a story, and I actually channeled this a while ago, and I didn't intend to share it on the show, but they were like, this is the one for the Baneful Magic episode. It's a short story, and it's called The Crone and the Thornbush. And you wrote this? Or, you know, you I channeled, channeled, it. channeled mm -hmm. it. I channeled it during... It's an original channel. It's an original channel by Caitlin and the guides. Oh, I'm uh, get comfortable. I channeled it during Into the Veil, which is... Um, Plug it up, girl. <laughs> it girl is an friend. introduction to Espiritismo that I teach once a year. So this came from a couple years back, actually. I keep seeing thorns, thick and gnarled and matted into a bush, like the briar patch sharp and ominous and dark with thick fog all around these branches have twisted and thickened and gnarled over the years they feel ancient much like the forest they are in the sky is purple and gray from the mist and deep deep within the dark thorny patch is a single rose glowing red like a ruby with a light inside. The rose wants to be found, but it fears that hope is lost. The sharp bush around the rose was put there to protect it, to keep it safe from harm. But what was meant to be protection feels more like a prison now. This rose is longing, longing to see the sky in all its vastness again. The crone enters the forest fingers twisted and gnarled like the branches of the thorn bush. She pulls out long, wide, sharp scissors. They are shiny and silver with a bit of engraving on them. She stands in front of the thorn bush, contemplating whether or not to snip it away. It has served her so well for so long, but it has been so long that at this point, she can't remember what it is she's protecting beneath it. She pricks her finger on a thorn and touches the wound to her mouth. Her lips are painted a bright crimson by the blood. She points her shears toward the sky and shouts, as above, so below, and cuts into the bush. With every snip comes sweet release and sweet relief. She finds the rose and eats it as she cackles into the night. That's fucking awesome. Wicked. That was wicked. A wicked wish. I wanted more. I was like, and then what? And then what happens? <laughs> and then what happens? That was awesome. That's one of my favorites. The, wow. thorn, the crone and the thorn bush. The crone and the thorn. Mm -hmm. That's a classic right there. That's a Make classic. it into a children's story. Oh, totally. <laughs> That's the grim the, stories are scary anyway. <laughs> they are. God, that's a whole nother topic. Fairy tales. 
I do like that for baneful magic, though, because when our environments, whether they are the ones we've chosen for ourselves or the ones that have grown around us, begin to hurt us, cause us harm. Mm, Story of my life right now. (laughs) Baneful magic can be what helps us snip our way out. And also, this reminds me of after you've cast baneful magic and the time has passed and it's run its course, don't forget to cut the cord. Right. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting because... What if you're subliminally casting baneful magic to protect yourself, Mm -hmm. but it's actually become this like huge wall, Mm -hmm. like it's not, you don't need it anymore. How do Mm -hmm. you get out of it? That's that's what I was imagining was like a Mm self-contained wall that you've put up. And how do you get past that? Mm -hmm. Those tower moments Mm. where the wall has to fall. Damn it. Mm -hmm. That was good. Mm -hmm. Magic's real. Well, (laughs) thanks for tuning in to Third Eye Bind. (laughs) Give us a call. Oh, give us a call on the Third Eye line. Oops. No, you're fine. (laughs) Give us a call. Leave us a message. DM us. Check out our Patreon. Absolutely. We're doing some really fun stuff on Patreon. I'm super excited. Okay. But we want to hear from you. We want to hear your questions. Questions, comments, Mm -hmm. concerns, hopefully nice things. Love notes. Don't tell us not to practice baneful magic. We just get a bunch of angry. (laughs) I was very upset. (laughs) And uh, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow the podcast at Third Eye Bind Pod on Instagram. There, submit your questions via the Third Eye line by sending us a voice message or a text DM. The show is available wherever you listen to podcasts and for you to watch on YouTube. Get early access to episodes and even monthly one-on-one sessions with us by joining our Patreon. Find us at patreon.com slash third eyebind. Third Eyebind is produced and edited by Mike Realm. Hosted by Caitlin Grania and Laura Wong. Music by Mike Realm. Set design by Laura Wong. You can find Laura on Instagram at Lady Moon Co. And you can find Caitlin on Instagram at Spirit Garden Tarot.